Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell's here to dive into normally all Badger stuff, but today we're going to talk more of the bowl season because it's finally around the corner. Obviously, last weekend we had the awesome uh, Army-Navy game, which is always cool to see. It wasn't really much of a game, per se, on the field, but always a, a fun you know, standalone weekend for them, but then that gets you into bowl season, which I personally love. I I think we should have 40 more bowls, but that's just me. And we'll get into a few of those games. We might do some, you know, pick them at the stuff at the end of the show. But before we do that, we're going to dive into some recruiting stuff. Obviously, signing day is coming up this week. We'll have that for more of our Thursday show, but the Badgers did uh, get some commitments verbally from a couple guys in the class of 2021. So we'll dive into that first. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, uh, this time of year is always great with signing day, bowl season, uh, basketball starting to heat up a little bit as well. So I'm uh, I'm doing great, ready to talk a little bowl action. All right. Well, let's get into the recruiting stuff here first quickly, and we'll kind of give you guys just a rundown on each guy. Uh, Badgers landed two three-star defensive players this past week, and the first one you guys are probably pretty familiar with if you've watched the Badgers already this season uh, Brian Sanborn, a three-star linebacker from Lake Zurich, Illinois. That sounds familiar because, yes, he is, in fact, the younger brother of Jack Sanborn, who's had a tremendous 2019 season for the Badgers at inside linebacker. So, Matt, what do you think of Brian being the younger brother of Jack? What have you seen on him? What do you like about him? Uh, I think it's a big commitment. You know, he was one of the guys that uh, when you saw the the bat signal or whatever the uh, hashtag moniker that goes up with the 2021 pops up. He was one of the guys that kind of jumped out in my mind that I was like, it's probably one of the two guys who actually did commit uh, him or AO. And it was, it's definitely a big commitment in terms of, you know, you look at his offer list and it's pretty impressive with Cincinnati, Iowa, Iowa state, Michigan, you know, Minnesota, Nebraska, Vanderbilt. So he, he's got some good offers. I think that would have continued to increase if, uh, he would have drawn out his commitment a little more, but he's got good size. I've seen him in person, actually, uh, you know, on Badgers and Wisconsin campus, and he's a big guy. He does look like his brother in a lot of different ways, you know, physically at 6'2", 210. So definitely a big get for the Badgers, and you, it can't hurt to bring in another guy who, who's got a pedigree like uh, Jack does. No, I totally agree. When I saw, obviously, you see the last name and you think of Jack Sanborn immediately if you follow Wisconsin football and what he's brought to the team this season. And obviously, we all expect him to be a strong player for Wisconsin, not only from this past season, but going forward. So you get a guy like that. Obviously, Wisconsin has done a pretty good job of recruiting, you know, recruiting brothers and getting guys that they're familiar with on their campus and getting them in, into playing shape. You know, you look at the Ben Schwal brothers and the Watt brothers. Wisconsin has a you know a history of of going after not so much going after families but going after guys that they know that they feel that want to be at Wisconsin and can come in and put the work because they want to be there. I know he he like you, you mentioned his offer list. Obviously, everyone kind of in this tri-state Midwest area was after him. I think probably because you see how tremendous of a player he is. So it's I think it's a really big get. I know it's only three stars, but you can't really pay that much attention to stars in this day and age. You gotta you got to look at more than that, and I, I think he'll be 
a really big addition for the Badgers. Yeah, and I mean, if you look, I mean, I know he is a three-star, like you said, but if you look at his uh, his ratings, both on Rivals and on uh, on two four seven, which are probably the two higher uh, and most most welcomed uh, rating systems outside of ESPN. Um, I actually think ESPN kind of just does a garbo job with it, but he, they're both, or he's uh, highly ranked in both, you know, as upper three star, uh, I think a 5.6 on rivals and and 88, almost 89 for two, four, seven. So he's just sniffing around the four star territory and for two, four, seven in the composite. Yeah. I think you really got to be a fan of that. And obviously, you know, his, you know, you, we talked about it being a brother already, but at the, at this, you just know what you're going to get from a kid like that. You know what kind of family he grew up with, and you've had success with the older one. So you have to like, obviously, you know, getting a younger brother like that, and and you know the talent, and you know how, you know, what he's going to bring to Wisconsin. Going off of that, obviously, the Badgers also landed a outside linebacker, defensive end. We'll see kind of where he translates in Jim Leonard's system, uh, but definitely a pass rusher, an IO, and I always struggle with the last name, Adobay Gogun. Did I get it right? I think it's Adobogun. <laughs> At a bow gun. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, but, I mean, when you look at him, obviously uh, he jumps off the, the page as a lengthy pass rusher. And, and where he develops size-wise and, and position-wise is kind of still up in the air, it looks like, just from watching some of his tape. But there's no doubt that this kid can get after the quarterback. I think I saw the article that you wrote up on him, 17 sacks um, is in his last season. Just a, a physical specimen that can get after the quarterback, which fits well in Jim Leonard's system. So what do you like about Io? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just like you said, his pass rush, pass, pass rush <laughs> capabilities. Man, just a long day. Um, he, uh, he, he definitely gets after the quarterback. You know, the 17 sacks are no joke. He's got good size. I think he's definitely going to be an outside linebacker um, with his size at 6'3", you know, a little over 200 pounds. Kind of reminds you of a, a guy like Zach Bond where, you know, he – He's able to kind of add some weight, use his speed around the edge and, and make some plays. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to come in and start right away. Um, but, you know, you, you give him a red shirt season and, and kind of see what he can do and, and get into the program, help out in some special teams. I think he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be um, helpful on, on the edge. And I wouldn't be surprised if he blossoms into a really, really good player uh, w when all comes, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, like you mentioned, he's going to be more of a development type player, but he, he looks like he's going to be a, a solid kid that you can come in and really put through put through the system and, and see where he comes out of. Obviously, I, I think he's just just based on his size alone is something that you got to be excited about as a prospect, like, you know, 6'3", 200 pounds, um, you know, kind of that hybrid position that I think Jim Leonard will will groom into, you know, make into a really solid player. So I think you really have to be excited about both of these guys and just really starting to land. You know, there's obviously some guys still out there and some big names still out there, but starting to land, you know, good in-state guys, which is really important, right? Oh, yeah. To keep the keep the fence up, not allow any of the, the top prospects out of house is just important. You know, I think Paul Chris does that better than anybody in in the area. I know Iowa also is pretty good at keeping guys uh, within the state, especially lately. But I mean, they they've done a really good job since Paul Chris came in. I know that there was some struggles when uh, Gary Anderson was around uh, with keeping some of the top players in house. But man, oh, man, he's. He looks like a really good athlete to 
to develop. And I think, you know, his only offer was Wisconsin, but in the end, he, he pulled the trigger right away uh, after getting his offer here this fall. I think it was pretty pretty much a foregone conclusion that he was going to be a Badger at some point or another. Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing is, I mean, we talked about already a little bit with uh, keeping guys in state. That's now in that 2021 class. That's four of the top five players in the state of Wisconsin. So, And obviously Hunter Waller's a, a big one that they'll still want to get, but it, it, that seems like one that the, that the Badgers are going to land. So really – Keeping, like you said, the fence up and, and keeping these guys, even though they maybe don't look like to the national scale to be huge players, they're they're important to what Wisconsin does with their get them in and develop type system. Anything else on recruiting stuff or else we'll get into, obviously we've got a big you know, focus on that in our next show with signing day coming up. So we don't want to kick too much of it, but we wanted to touch on that for the 2021 class. So guys, we're going to go and kick it over to a couple quick ad reads, get those out of the way. And then we're going to get into some bowl season talk, talk about our favorite bowls, both on paper and just the pageantry of it. And then uh, we're maybe get into some pick type stuff and just go through all of bowl season, which both Matt and I love. All right, let's talk bowls. Now, obviously, these past few years, bowl season has not so much been gotten a little bit of knock and flack from people because you've seen a lot of guys sitting out their bowl game and and focusing on the NFL. And you can see that and understand that from both sides. But for me personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of bowl season. I still think it's a lot of fun. But what are your opinions on, on just the bowl season in general? Are there too many? Are there not enough? Or do you, and, or, or do you love where it's at and, and enjoy bowl season for what it is? I, I still think teams should have a winning record in order to get to a bowl game. I know some teams will get there with six and six. Um, but I think, I think if you've had a positive season, seven and five, eight and four, you've put in the work, you've, you've beaten some teams to get there. Um, I think it's huge, obviously in a lot of different ways to get to bowl games. So the more teams that are involved with it is also better because it makes the teams better in general for the following season, because teams are able to kind of get the younger guys, a few extra practices and extra work. Um, but I, I, I think it's fine where it's at. I still wish, uh, it would kind of maybe cut down one or two, but um, just to just to make it so that there's not so many six and six teams. But at the same time, I love football. So to be able to watch as much as uh, humanly possible, especially, you know, at the end of December, early January is is a beautiful sight. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, that's where I, I kind of am, too. On paper, six and six teams are kind of, eh, you know, maybe they, they shouldn't be in there. But I guess for just pure watching football, I'll take as many as I can get and I'll always ask for more. And obviously, from a from a betting perspective, you know, on my end, that's it's a, it's a nice one because you kind of get you've put in all the effort and time throughout the season, and now you get some of these matchups that you don't really. Some people might not know that you can try and take advantage of. So I'm I'm all for bowl season. I love them, and I, I usually love the the regional type matchups that you that you get. You know, if they're it's a different conference, but you're fairly close when when they nail you know, one team versus another team in that regard. It's it's fun to see. And then, of course, you talked about it from just the extra three weeks of practice. You get some younger guys in and developed. And obviously, the big schools are, are playing for, you know, national titles and, and Rose Bowls and Peach Bowls and stuff like that. So that's where you're still going to get, you know, the full display of, of the best of college football. But for the, some of these younger bowls and in, in these lesser bowls, you're getting to see some new faces for next year and you're getting to see some guys get worked in. It's good for a program to get there. And obviously, it sets you up if you win. For 2020 so I think it's probably good where it is and and 
I, I just it's hard to argue for any other teams or any more. But like you said, we'll always take football yeah, anytime you can get it because you only get so much of it. But, you know, we already kind of talked about it a little bit. But beneficially, obviously, these games are these games are huge for recruiting. They're huge for you know player development. But how beneficial is it for for some of these teams to to get to a bowl and, and meet your season goal, even if it's a l- lower tier one? Oh, it's absolutely massive. You know, I mean, for a team like Wisconsin, the pinstripe bowl isn't going to necessarily wow fans, wow the team in general uh, that they're there. But, you know, then you get to the Orange Bowl or you get to the Rose Bowl and it's and it's huge for a lot of these players lives that, you know, they get they get bowl rewards. You know, coaches get bonuses. You got players who get, um, you know, cool swag out of it or new headphones or what TV or out of it, you know, when they go in and get to pick from the, the different things. Um, so it's huge for them and it's something for them to to be able to go and visit different places that they might not normally have the opportunity to do. Um, it gives fans a reason to go to, you know, to L.A. when they might not normally do that as well. And I think the big thing, though, like you said, on the football end is just being able to go ahead, get those extra practices. You know, so for some of these guys, it's the last moments they're going to be able to spend time with one another because they're going to be going their separate ways and, you know, really hit adulthood in a, in a whole different light. And, you know, they, you only get a certain amount of years to have your best friends around you and to, to be able to share those bonds. And then you go ahead and for other guys, it's a way for them to jumpstart getting ready for next year. A guy who, uh, you know, younger guys who are redshirting or a guy like Julius Davis, who's trying to get back into playing shape so that he can take a run for the starting running back job next year. I mean, it's it's big for these guys to be able to get those practices and, and be able to give themselves a shot uh, in front of the coaches to say, hey, in spring ball, I get I should get more touches because this is how much I've grown in the off season and in the weight room and put in the work to, to deserve that now that X, Y, Z player is uh, moving on. Yeah. And then, you know, I think the other thing, like you, obviously that's important, but it also springboards you into 2020 on a positive note. If you get a bowl win, you get to go these next, however many months with a positive taste in your mouth for the following season. You look at a team like, our our good rival Minnesota they 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 beat the Badgers to get to a bowl they go they beat Georgia Tech in their bowl game and that set them up for a positive coming into 2020 and you saw what they did at the beginning of it you know rattling off however many wins in a row and I know it ended uh, in poor fashion for Minnesota but they still got to a New Year's Day bowl which is I know we don't want to see Minnesota necessarily you know growing as a powerhouse program but to get to a January 1st bowl or a prestigious bowl after a year where you went six and six is, is really important. So I think all these things are, are important to college football. They're important to the coaches, the fans, the players, and they're not just, they're not just a money grab. Like a lot of people call them. They're, they're just people, you know, going to play in a, a essentially a scrimmage and, and going for money and sponsorship. But it's, I think to the players and the coaches and the fans, it's a lot more than that. So I'm I'm super excited for for bowl season. I think a lot of these teams deserve to to have these three weeks and and to do and and get everything out of this experience that you touched on. Obviously, the Rose Bowl is our probably both of our favorites. I think you know just given our conversations in the past and the fact that the Badgers are playing in it. And obviously, later on as we get closer to that game, we will dive fully into the Wisconsin Oregon matchup. But we'll touch on it a little bit. Um, 
what makes the the Rose Bowl game so special for you in your eyes? And I know we've talked about it a little bit before, but it, it's always fun to reiterate. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is that you know prior to having the the playoff, it was it was just kind of the pinnacle that you reached for. You know, you go, you want to get to the Rose Bowl, have a chance to 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 smell the roses and get that victory because that would then give you a chance to. Um, take a share of the national title because you would be taking on one of the better teams in the program from the West, from the West side of the nation. And, you know, nowadays, obviously the playoff has kind of changed some of that, but it's still outside of, you know, the top, top two playoff games. It's probably the biggest game out there, especially this year. You know, sometimes it is that play playoff game. So I think, I think it's definitely a bowl that Wisconsin is excited to be in. I think it's huge because, um, LA is such a big market. There's a lot of uh, players that Wisconsin will look to possibly recruit and talk with coaches and network out there um, to get in front of a lot of people. It's probably the, I mean, it's that four o'clock slot, I want to say in, in, on New Year's Day. So it gets a lot of optics from a lot of recruits and a lot of fans. So it's a big stage to go ahead and play. It's beautiful there. I mean, I, th I think it's by far, um, if you're not going to be in that playoff, it's definitely the bowl you want to be in uh, if you're choosing. Oh, yeah. that's I would totally agree. I mean, just the pageantry really of it, the the parade, the the sunset setting over the mountains late in the, you know, in the second half and, and starting to you can just kind of see the, the, the it's an event you know uh, you know the whole thing is is a culmination and i'm i'm super excited to be going this year this is my first time ever going i booked my ticket uh, my flight which was cost me an arm and a leg i didn't realize how expensive it is to fly to la but uh it's certainly oh, yeah. once in a, you know it's an experience that you know you only get a certain number of times to go to and i i took full advantage of it so i'm super excited to finally see uh, what it's all about, but you know, it's just one of those that you grow up and you see on TV. And thankfully, as Wisconsin fans, we've seen the Badgers in there a lot. But there's a lot of fan bases who haven't experienced it, who would who would give an arm a leg to be in a Rose Bowl just simply because you know, you know, of how so prestigious it really is. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, just the way that the Badgers are have probably a sour taste in their mouth after losing three straight, uh, after winning, you know, so many in the in the 90s and early 2000s there, I mean, winning three and then now losing three in a row. It's it's definitely something that fans w really hoped that Wisconsin would have been perennially, perennially going to the Rose Bowls more often here uh, since since the late 90s. Um, but to, to be able to go in there and get a victory would be huge for the program and really propel the team forward in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm super excited. Obviously, the granddaddy of them all. It's 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 a beautiful scene and it's a huge game. And so I, I and I think the matchup with Oregon brings back a lot of obviously negative memories, but it brings you back to that time when you know the the Badgers were in three straight and it was a lot of fun to see. And they were obviously a huge matchup in that middle game. So I I personally can't wait. But obviously, like I said, we'll talk we'll dive more into full Rose Bowl stuff as as this one is this you know episode is more the culmination of every other bowl season, more of a college football landscape talk. So I think we're both biased as Badgers and, and Big Ten guys as Rose Bowl is, is by far our favorites, no matter who's in it. You know, back when USC and Penn State was in it, I thought about it. And even George Oklahoma, when it was a playoff game, was one of the best games we've, we've oh, ever seen. Oh, that was seen. awesome. That was oh, a great that game. That game was amazing. And, you know, Baker, Mayfield, and, and George are going back and forth. And that one just comes to mind. So even when... 
it hasn't been a Big Ten or and Pac-12 team. They've they've been pretty exciting these last few years, so it's a lot of fun. But what any other bowls stick out to you as your favorite? Maybe just because of the matchups, or or just you know the history of it, or or maybe you just some the optics of it. Maybe you just enjoy certain games. So anything stick out to you in particular, or any of them your your favorites? I think I think basically any of the New Year's Six are usually ones that kind of pop out. You know, they're the games that, you know, you play NCAA and you try to get try to make sure that obviously you try to be in the national championship. And usually if you're playing NCAA, you're probably there. Um, but they were the games that people kind of looked at as where you want to be. And, and Wisconsin has routinely gotten there over the past, you know, two decades. And um, but I, I mean, I, I really like, uh, you know, the Outback Bowl. I know it's not necessarily where Wisconsin fans always want to be, but it's always uh, a good one, always fun to watch. Usually it has a couple good teams, usually a Big Ten team and and an SEC team who, you know, usually middle of the pack or upper tier going at it. And, and uh, you know, I think it should be a good one this year as well. And Citrus Bowl is always good, Cotton Bowl. So those would be the games that I usually uh, will look forward to watching, um, especially, you know, you get the nice stretch on like the 31st and the first that you get a lot of really good games all together. And, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah, I love all those. Obviously, the New Year's Six are New Year's Six are great in general, and those New Year's Day bowls, you really can't ask for much to be able to just kick back on you know with your family and and your, your friends and and watch some of those games. Outside of those ones, um, I've I've always liked the Alamo Bowl. It's usually a shootout back and forth, and I always kind of like that one. I actually, you know, I know Badger fans didn't want to be there last year, but I've always enjoyed the Pinstripe Bowl. I think it's just something different. We always see the warm weather games everywhere and goes and plays, you know, in Florida or California or, or somewhere out west and it's warm and, and those are great. But sometimes it's kind of cool to see something different. Um, so I have always enjoyed that one. And then personally, I, I really love uh, the Hawaii Bowl just because it's on New Year's Eve and I'm usually home from Christmas Eve, you know, church service and, and after a, you know, a night of a meal and, and drinking after that to just curl up and watch uh, Hawaii and BYU, which is kind of a, a good game this year. Uh, it's a personal favorite, but a lot of people have those connections to bowls that you, you really wouldn't think of, but obviously, you know, there's just a ton of great ones. And I know the matchups this year, maybe don't jump off the page, but there's a lot of fun bowl games that, that should be a lot of fun. Oh, no doubt. All right. So we've talked obviously about just our, our favorite bowls in general. Um, but outside of the Rose Bowl, is there a certain one you're excited, most excited to see simply because of the matchup for this year? Yeah, I think there's a couple, you know, really fun ones to see. I think it'll be interesting to see Washington and Boise State going back and forth. You know, and I think that's really a toss up game at this point. Both teams uh, have pretty good teams. I know Washington kind of let down compared to what they want to. But then you have the Chris Peterson aspect where he's he's going to be retiring after the game and can he go out with a win over his former team that he built up or is his former team going to, you know, take him? Uh, I think that's just a fun one. And that hell that's this weekend already, which is, which is crazy. And then uh, another one this weekend, that's really um, going to, I mean, not this weekend, but another one later on that I think is going to be a lot of fun is Iowa USC. Um, I think that's in two weeks, right? Um, yeah, I believe I think so. that one will be fun. And uh I, th I think I think that's got a lot of potential. Obviously, the playoff games are going to be good, but then you always get things like Kentucky and Virginia Tech, which will be fun, or Arizona State, Florida State, two teams who are kind of you know those six and six teams, 
but they they've kind of have had their moments this season or um and then another one i think minnesota is going to get absolutely blasted by auburn possibly uh like auburn did to uh purdue last year but we'll see uh how that rolls but um any games jump out to you yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously the a couple you mentioned I like. I think the Washington-Boise State game is going to be a good one. Then I always love that Las Vegas Bowl because it is that first weekend you get a good game. And then on paper, Michigan-Alabama, of course, just given the two programs, I don't know if it's going to live up to what it is on paper just simply because I don't know if Alabama has any interest in being there. We kind of saw that last year with Georgia and Texas where – Georgia lost that SEC championship game, didn't get into the playoff, and then Texas came and, and really put a whooping on them. But then you saw what happened the next year where Georgia kind of came back because maybe they just weren't interested in it. And then and Texas, you know, that was their Super Bowl, and they won it, but they kind of faltered the following season. So I feel that kind of has that same feeling where maybe Alabama's not interested in it. Um, and then you said Minnesota-Auburn. I kind of agree with you as much as I turn into a Big Ten homer for the most part come bowl season except for you know, sometimes it's it's really hard for me to root for Ohio State um, but I just I don't know if Minnesota has any capability of stopping some of the guys on that Auburn defensive line but I, I think that could be a fun one to watch so there's a lot of them yeah obviously any Big Ten SEC game I think is fun for Big Ten and SEC fans because for the most part those are the two fan bases and conference bases that that really argue as as to which is the top tier I don't really think you can make an argument for any three. So to to play those games and win, no matter who it is, I think is pretty exciting for bowl season. Yeah, because like Tennessee, Indiana, for example, in the Gator Bowl is a really good matchup. Both teams mm -hmm. have have you know improved a lot since last season and are really looking to kind of jumpstart their programs into a positive direction for next year. And with you know fairly newer coaches and everything, I think that's a really a good one. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think Memphis. Penn State is another one that just because I've you know if you if you've paid a lot of attention to Memphis this season they're a really good football team now I know Mike Norvell left the program and Penn State is probably a little slighted that they didn't get a Rose Bowl bid so they'll be you know excited to to really get after that one so I, there's a lot of good games at least for the Big Ten that that draw intrigue versus some other conferences that you look at and you're like yeah, I don't know if that is much of a game but those ones you mentioned are are pretty exciting. Uh, so, you know, is there any specific one um, that's maybe off the radar, you know, maybe ones that we talked about the New Year's Six Bowls and obviously the January 1st Bowls and, and New Year's Eve Bowls, but is there any other off the radar ones that you're excited for? Um, there's actually, um, I think the game this weekend on Saturday, uh, Florida Atlantic and SMU, I think is going to mm -hmm. be awesome. I, I, I think the over-under is like 70 points or something like that because they both have uh, huge offenses can really play. Uh, you know, you got Lane Kiffin who just took the old miss job, um, heading out of town. You got SMU with a big time offense with, uh, Shane, uh, Shane Bichelle's their quarterback, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think, I think that one's basically a coin toss game and it should be a lot of points, a lot of fun. Those are the type of games that you look for on, uh, in bowl season that, you know, you just, just hit the over and run with it because it's going to be fun. Um, and then uh, 
you know, you've got some other games. Uh, and I, I'm just kind of thinking this weekend just because I'm excited for yeah. for football in a lot of ways. And another one even is uh, Liberty and Georgia Southern. I think that's, you know, very different styles and how they do things. So to kind of see how that game goes. And, you know, it has a big impact on recruiting down there because they are both in that, you know, SEC footprint trying to, to slug, slug it out with the big dogs. That would game would really help both of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um I think that SMU FFU game is going to be like exactly what it looks like on paper with points, points galore. Yeah, like you said, the over/under is at 70 and a half right now, and it looks like it's only been going up. So that should be a fun one if these te- you know these offenses keep clicking the way they have all season. Uh, and then you already talked about the the Boise State Washington one. I'm I'm excited to see that because of the Chris Peterson factor. And again, re- I, I like the games that are regional sound to the you know the teams that are close together you know Boise obviously be Idaho Washington are close we really don't see these two teams play a lot so it's fun to see matchups like that same thing with you know Indiana Tennessee they're not that far away uh, but you don't see these teams play a lot unless it's bowl season but I think the one that's kind of under the radar for me is Oklahoma State and Texas A&M obviously when the Big 12 kind of broke apart you don't you don't see Texas and Texas A&M anymore. I know they're trying to, but Oklahoma State and Texas A&M was just one of those old classic Big 12 rivalries that should be fun. Although I know a lot of people were complaining that if you switched Oklahoma State and Texas or switched Oklahoma State and Texas around, you could have got Texas and Texas A&M, which is obviously a classic rival. And there were some complaints about why that didn't happen. But it's still some of those old rivals that you've lost are cool to see. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, a lot of people are just kind of complaining about both Texas and Oklahoma State and their bull draws because, you know, you got Utah taking on Texas and Utah is like, it's like, how did how did that happen? Considering <laughs> Texas, like what, seven and five and you got Utah who was inches. I mean, they got blown out in their last game, but inches really in the grand sphere of things from the playoff, you know, so it's it's. I think I think that a lot of people have a gripe for some strong reasons that I agree with them in that boat. Yeah, and I agree, and I think that I don't. Do you know which bowl that is? The isn't that one in Texas too? So Utah basically has to play a a virtual away game after you know being one game away from the playoff. Yeah, it's the Alamo Bowl. So it's like oh, that's it's, the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, so it's like it's it's totally gonna be a Texas Texas Orange everywhere. But at the same time, you know we saw what they did last year by beating. Georgia when everybody didn't think they had a shot so who knows maybe they maybe their talent actually shines through because uh, it seems like every year they go into bowl season and people are hoping for them to make the changes and do all this and Texas is back and it, they kind of just falter once the regular season hits so we'll see right exactly I know I know Sam Ellinger said Texas is back after last year's win and then that uh, that came back to bite him <laughs> In yeah. a big way, but that is the Alamo Bowl. You're right. So that'll be a that's one of my favorites. So I should have known that. But <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the uh, obviously the biggest two, the ones that I know we talked about how big these are for recruiting and players and stuff. But the semifinal games are are still more meaningful than that. They're playing for a championship. There's four teams that can still win uh, the the whole thing in college football. And of course, you've got LSU. And Oklahoma, and you've got Clemson and Ohio State in uh, both of those matchups. So, which one are you most excited for uh, on uh, December 28th uh, with the semifinals back to back? Any certain one? Oh, uh, that's that's tough because I, I I think they both are going to be good. 
and in different ways. I think, I think LSU and Oklahoma is just going to be juggernaut of scoring. Like neither team has exceptional defense. I think LSU has the better defense and they'll probably be able to win because of that. But I think the Ohio state Clemson one is, is the one that I'm more excited to see. I know that's the night game. Uh, You know, Clemson went and just beat Ohio state with a stick last time that they played against each other. And I I think Ohio state's going to be coming in hungry. This, this is the best Ohio state team I've seen in my lifetime. Um, And, and, you know, just to think Wisconsin had a chance to to beat them is uh, frustrating, but, you know, I think this Clemson team is severely underrated by uh, the fact that they really haven't played anybody this year, but man, they've decidedly beating, they have been decidedly beating teams throughout the season. So will Ohio state come out like they have all season and, and play with them or is to do what they want on offense with all of those weapons they have with Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Travis Etienne and Justin Ross and T Higgins and everything. It's, I think that's the game I'm excited to see. Um, especially just because of the way that Clemson beat Ohio state last time they met each other in the playoff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously we're, we're both going to be interested in both games because it's the college football playoff and, and really no matter the matchup, I, I know everyone's kind of expecting LSU to win and they should. Um, and whoever they take on is, is going to be fun to watch in the final. Um, so really you're going to have three good games in the playoff, no matter what, at least on paper, because really, these some of these playoffs, you you've had a good championship game with with Clemson, Alabama, but some of the playoff games have been kind of clunkers. Uh, so hopefully, on paper, this is the best four three games you're going to get. So I'm I'm really excited for the LSU Oklahoma one for what you said. I think it's going to be points galore. I think it's going to be you know anytime Oklahoma has time to scheme up and and try and figure some stuff out to help their defense and their offense can start to click. That can be a lot of fun, but the Ohio State one and Clemson, obviously two undefeated teams that both deserve to be in the playoff handily, been dominating all season. But I'm I'm like I'm kind of in agreement with you. I, I hope Ohio State comes out and, and plays and keeps it close just for A, the Big Ten and B, the entertainment purposes. But for me, I think I feel like I just get the feeling that Ohio State is kind of stepping in front of, you know, a sleeping dog that that's going to be kind of upset that it's been poked all season. And, you know, Dabo Sweeney might come out uh, hungry to take them down. So that one, intrigue-wise, is definitely the most exciting one. So, all right, we, we've talked about them. Now let's hear what you're thinking for who's going to meet in the finals. Uh, I, I think LSU is going to win handily. I, I don't think – I think it was those top three and, and then the rest of the pack in, in a lot of ways. I think – LSU is a much better team than Oklahoma in a lot of different aspects. Um, most notably in on their offense, they have just a tremendous offense. I know Oklahoma has, you know, some, some key pieces as well, but I think just the way that um, Joe Burrow has been able to spread the wealth out to his wide receivers has been remarkable to watch. And then they have a better secondary than what Oklahoma has. Um, so I think LSU will beat Oklahoma pretty handily, which is why it was so important for a team to get that first seed so you didn't have to play Clemson. Um, and then, man, the second game, I could see it as a coin toss. I, I know uh, Ohio State is like six-point favorite, but uh, I could I think it's going to be closer than that if, if I had to, had to bet money. I'm still going to go with Ohio State. I'm going to say that it's LSU and Ohio State kind of facing it off in the title. 
All right. All right. I like to hear that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in agreement with you on the LSU one. I think uh, Oklahoma will score a lot of points, but I just don't see them really really stopping Joe Burrow and LSU. They seem to just have a special season working where I think they're going to get there in you know a double digit win, you know, maybe 14, 15 points is probably you know where LSU's going to end up. Maybe Oklahoma keeps it close for a while, but really when you look at it, Oklahoma has has made the playoff with better teams than this team. I mean, Baker Mayfield's Oklahoma team was better. Kyler Murray's Oklahoma team was better than this one. And Jalen Hurts and this Oklahoma team just aren't as good. And they're playing what I think is a really, really good LSU team. So I think they'll they'll win theirs. And I'm going to go with Clemson and the other one. Uh, I just I, I can't shake like I you know I talked about before. I can't shake the feeling that Clemson is is just you know tired of that narrative that they've been getting. You know, played the underdog role, and Dabo Sweeney knows how to motivate his guys to, you know, that you're being disrespected all season type of thing. And I just feel like, you know, unfortunately, Ohio State is kind of stepping in front of that, which, again, like you said, makes that one line so much more important this year than it has in years past. But so that'll be LSU and Clemson for me and LSU and Ohio State for Matt. And then, nice. Uh, if we disagree. Maybe we we'll have disagree. to do a, a beer, <laughs> beer bet on it or something. There you go. And okay, so if you so you what do you think if if those two were to win, what who do you think would win the championship, LSU or Ohio State? Who would you pick if you had to? Uh, I would I would actually if it gets to that point I would pick Ohio State to win. I think Ohio State's toughest game of this playoff would be Clemson. I honestly think that those two are the top teams just because of the balance they have with offense and defense. They have really high powered offenses. Um, I think the over-under for that's like 65 or something like that. So I, I think that game is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be fun. And I think whoever wins that is going to end up beating LSU because LSU doesn't necessarily have the defense that those two do um, when you pair their offensive weapons that they have. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you see a guy, uh, Chase Young, make some, some big plays in, in that game to kind of tilt it in a, in a, yeah. in a big way yeah. or, or whatever Simmons for um, uh, Clemson as well could very easily do that as well. So right. we'll see. Yeah. I like that logic though. I think you're right that, you know, if you get past one, it really, I mean, these three teams are so they're all tremendously talented, but it's, it's beneficial in, in these spots to be balanced on both offense and defense and Clemson and Ohio state are very much that LSU has, has had a defense that's played well at times, but at other times it's been shaky. And I think when you get to these points and you're playing teams that are pretty even with you, you have to have talent and balance on both sides. So it'll be fascinating to watch, and I, I cannot wait for this playoff. Obviously, we said the last few years we've had some games that don't live up to the hype. I think these both are going to be a lot of fun. So I, I personally can't wait, but we've done that. Now we were going to do some Big Ten pick em. You know, We're going to go through... We won't give you guys a huge long analysis, but we'll give you guys, you know, maybe a little blurb on on who we're taking and why, because you know, obviously we'll talk about the Badgers in detail, but who knows how detailed we'll get into some of these other bowl games. So we'll start with the first Big Ten bowl game, which is Michigan State and Wake Forest. Who do you like in that one? Uh, that's that's one I'm gonna probably <laughs> uh, try to try to stay away from unless uh, I'm really desperate for a a little football taste there, but. Um, I'll go with Michigan State. I, I think Wake Forest, I, I want to say that uh, they had an injury on it by either their quarterback or wide receiver that really uh, hampered them uh, yep. at the end yeah. of the season. So, I mean, Michigan State can, is pretty inept on offense, but maybe they'll be able to 
figure something out against Wake Forest, and I expect that to be a really low-scoring game. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Uh, it's, yeah, Wake Forest lost their quarterback, and they've had a couple quarterbacks go out through the season, but um, they also lost Sage Surratt, which was their you know one of their top receivers. So I'm going to go with Michigan State on that one too, simply because I think Michigan. I've I've been a, a guy that's back to Michigan State from a betting standpoint a, a bunch this season. So why not you know lose my money one last time on him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, what about, I forgot it was Surratt. That was that was who <laughs> yeah. got hurt. Yeah, he had a tough injury late in the season. Uh, what about uh, USC and Iowa in the Holiday Bowl? Who do you have first? Let me hear who you got. That one I've really had trouble thinking about. I think I want to take Iowa, but I, I, I that one to me, this one's I think is probably the closest toss-up. I think Nate Stanley, this is his last career game, and I, I know Iowa in a bowl game sometimes can can be hit or miss, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Hawkeyes in this one. I think. Yeah, and I think they've been. I know they were picked in a lot of different metrics. I think they're the favorite with the spread. I'm still gonna go with USC. I just think. Iowa's offense has been so, so touch and go this season that I'm going to go with USC and just hope that they go ahead and actually put some points on the board because I don't think Iowa's going to be able to um, hit too much on that unless they can really get their, their ground game going. But I'm, I'm going to go with USC on that one. Yeah, yeah, their their offense is, is definitely the thing that's been holding me back because they are a two-point favorite, which I thought I thought this one would be really closer to a pick em, just given these two teams seem pretty even. Uh, what yeah. about Memphis and Penn State in the Cotton Bowl? Um, I, I think it's really going to come down to can Penn State score uh, and keep up with Memphis. Memphis has got a good offense, and if Memphis can really sco- score on Penn State, um, I think Gross Matos, is, isn't he sitting out this game for Penn State? Yeah, that's the thing. I want to say like there. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that you don't know. I think think he's a really good pass rusher, so that'll definitely help. Yeah, the moment of you don't really know, and so um, I'm I'm gonna go with Penn State just because I think if they want to come in 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 hungry and they want the game, they'll win. Um, But it's hard in these kind of instances because I do think that the the care factor is definitely there for Memphis over Penn State. So I'm gonna go with Penn State, but I think it's like a really close game when a lot of people think that Penn State should run away with it. Yeah, I, I'm going to take Memphis simply because you, you mentioned they're, they're that lower tier New Year's Six team, the automatic qualifier, the, the, the group of five team. They, they always come out and it seems more motivated. Now, granted, Penn State has some motivation in the fact that they got stubbed from a Rose Bowl and want to make this game probably, I mean, knowing James Franklin, he's going to try and run up the score and say, hey, you guys picked the wrong team for the Rose Bowl, and then he'll talk about it. Uh, for the rest of the offseason, but I'm going to take Memphis. I know Mike Norvell left, and he was kind of their offensive guru and, and allowed Brady White and some of those players to really excel, but I, I just kind of like the Tigers on offense and defense, so I'm going to go with them. What about, we talked about Clemson, Ohio State, so I don't need to talk about that one anymore. Cal, Illinois, kind of an underrated game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cal. Um, just I just, the spread I think is minus seven there. I know a lot of the different metrics pick Illinois, but I'm just going to lean into the spread and go with Cal. Yeah, I think you're right. I like Cal's defense as well. Um, their offense is nothing to get excited about, but I think if you have a defense that that is really strong and you don't make mistakes, you could beat Illinois. You saw what happened with Wisconsin against them. Uh, so I'm going to take Cal as well. How about the power of the arrogant head coaches with tons of personality in Michigan and Alabama? Uh, Alabama by a million. 
Like just, <laughs> just, just light that one on fire because Alabama's going to run through them. I think. I think so too. Is if they're motivated to be there and want to be there, I think they've got the talent to really run over Michigan. So I, it's interesting to try and figure out where their team is at, but I think Nick Saban will have them ready to to want to beat a guy like Jim Harbaugh. So I'm going to go with Bama too, and I. That brings me to the next one, which I already know your answer probably, but Auburn and Minnesota in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, I don't think Auburn's actually going to crush Minnesota, but I do think Auburn will win. Yep, I agree. I just don't think they have a weight. We saw what Wisconsin did to that offensive line. Auburn's defensive line is no joke. I, I think I think they've got uh, a big storm and a big thing to try and block uh, on that front seven, so I'm going to take Auburn in that one as well. And then Especially finally, – Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, especially if you give Bo Nix a young quarterback, those extra practices to get ready, I mean, that's huge for his development. I could see him coming out and having a huge game on Minnesota. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I kind of You think about that opening game against Oregon. He, he played one of his better games of the season in his first game because he had a, a lot of time to develop and, and prepare for that one, and you're going to get that same thing here. So I like that logic. And finally, our last one for the Big Ten Indiana and Tennessee in what we said is is kind of an underrated game. I I like Indiana in this one. Uh, You know, Tennessee obviously lost to, um, what was it, Georgia State early in the year um, Mm -hmm. who didn't even make a bowl or anything like that. So I like like Indiana to come out and win and get to nine wins for the year, which would be a huge program-defining moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is the first bowl game for either of these two since, I think, 2016. Um, So both teams are going to be motivated, which, like we've talked about motivation a lot already on this, that makes a big difference when you're trying to figure out a game like this. So I'm going to go with Indiana as well. I think they've just they've put together a, a special season. They found a way to win, and they found an offense and a defense that works for them. And you, you always see a team, you know, everyone's probably going to be going with Tennessee because they're an SEC team with a lot of history, and then they come out and get surprised by a team like Indiana. So I'm going to go with the Hoosiers as well, and I think that wraps it up, obviously, other than the Rose Bowl. But do we want to give our predictions for that, or do we want to save that for our for our shows down the road? Make them let's put, let's put Yeah, let's put that in the back pocket and, uh, and uh, hold <laughs> out a little bit. Exactly. You guys thought you were getting our pick from us? Well, not quite yet. We're going to tease you with that one, and we'll get – Obviously, more into Rose Bowl discussion as we get closer. You know, we wanted to spend this episode to talk more about just college football bowls in general and, and give you guys an episode that maybe not so much Badger focused, but still a lot of fun to talk about. I think we both really enjoyed that. So, guys, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe this episode. Obviously, we will be back on Thursday to talk all sorts of Wisconsin football recruiting stuff. I mean, we're going to talk signing day, we'll talk through our pro- the prospects that Wisconsin does. Talk about the class in general. So a lot of exciting stuff, obviously, as in terms of you know, our content on the website. Recruiting you know, does big numbers. We know that our fan base really loves recruiting and loves the in and outs of that and knowing about some of these guys coming in. So we hope that you enjoy it. We're going to try and we got some things in the works to try and, and spice it up and make it fun. But obviously, signing day and recruiting is, is a big part of you know, our website and our content. So we look forward to doing that for you. As always, thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin.